Welcome to the Relax It's Retirement podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to the Relax It's Retirement podcast with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi there, Josh. How are you? Good. How are you today, Wendy? Oh, you don't sound good. Oh, I'm battling through one of these uh, these wonderful, wonderful winter colds. So yeah, okay. No COVID though. I hope no COVID. Uh, stuck a Q-tip up my nose last night and uh, came back negative. So they're still fun, aren't they? I, yeah, it is an awful feeling, and I yeah. feel like I've done it too much now. Well. You know, I'd rather do it myself than the doctor, because when the doctor did it, I thought that I forgot my own phone number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They tickled your brain a little bit, huh? Just a little bit. All right. So uh, we'll try to get through this without causing you any additional uh, pain and frustration. OK, Josh? OK, OK. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks for being caring. You know, I do what I can. So um, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, today, we're going to be talking through seven steps to a successful retirement. Okay. So do you want to tell me number one? No, I'm going to keep it from you. I'm going to hold it back and we're going to save number one forever. Um, no, Wendy, of course, we'll jump right in. There are seven steps. And, and the first one is just to get organized. So many times when we meet with folks, Wendy, uh, they see a ton of value in just shaking out that financial junk drawer and putting everything together into a plan. You know, many of us over the years collect maybe a little account here, an old 401k plan from uh, an old job or have an investment that we set up with that cousin that was in the business for a couple months. So bringing that all together and getting it organized helps clients um, quite a bit in just seeing what their true financial picture is. I think another piece of that is completing a budget. No one likes to do that at no. all. I see you shaking your head too. No. Um, yeah, no <laughs> one likes to do it, but it can help us identify where your expenses might be after retirement. If you spend $100 a month in parking and an additional $50 a month in fuel uh, to drive to work, well, that might be $150 we don't need in your budget moving forward. Or Maybe if you like to travel a lot, maybe we can reallocate that money to a more fun thing like doing weekend trips or things like that. Okay. Yeah. Definitely want to do some fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't want to do the fun stuff? So That's all you know, I want to do. That's right. Well, and that's the purpose of retirement, right? To do all the fun stuff that you didn't have time to do. Absolutely. So we also have to factor in tax planning considerations. Yeah. So I think when you're entering into retirement, it's important to have a good idea of how taxes can impact your retirement. So you probably have a couple different types of accounts, knowing how those accounts will be taxed and how they might impact other things like your social security or even Medicare. Um, if your income is above certain levels, uh, you will pay extra in Medicare Part B and Part D. So if you're taking that once-in-a-lifetime trip, 
uh, a few years into retirement, you may want to stagger the withdrawals from your 401k or IRA to keep you below some of those tax thresholds. Mm, that's smart, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think knowing the way that different states tax your retirement is also a critical consideration. Uh, we've talked in the past, uh, when my parents relocated from Pennsylvania to Ohio, they now pay taxes on their retirement withdrawals, whereas in the state of Pennsylvania, they didn't. So that was a negative factor. Now, of course, that's not a reason to not live somewhere, but you need to factor that in in your total cost uh, when making those decisions in retirement. Yeah, and, and, you know, to be honest, before we talked about that, I didn't even know that was a thing that, you know, according to what we discussed, Pennsylvania takes it, the tax out as you put it in. But now Ohio is taking out as you withdraw it. So he's being double taxed. Yes. And unfortunately, there is no reciprocating thing between the right. states where they say, oh, you know what? We're going to go ahead and, and let you fly by. We'll this. take your tax money. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think different states have all kinds of different ways of taxing things, right? Some states don't have sales tax, but have higher property taxes. Or maybe some states don't have property taxes or estate taxes. Knowing those, especially if you're relocating during retirement, is very important. So in general, just think about those different tax pieces. If you're unaware of them, sit down with your accountant or financial professional to go through the impact of some of the decisions you're thinking of making. Okay, easy enough. So we also have to keep in mind Medicare filing and choices. Yeah, so Medicare is a big one. For most folks, they'll wait to retire until age 65 when they can take Medicare. Uh, Medicare, at, it almost seems by design, Wendy, is confusing because we have <laughs> Medicare Part A, B, C, D. And then we also have these supplement plans, also known as Medigap plans, that also are letters. So that's really confusing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's a lot of decisions to be made around there. We do have an advantage when we first go on to Medicare uh, that there is no medical underwriting for those plans. So if we go on to a plan at that point and we have any pre-existing conditions, those will not work against us. If we switch plans later on in retirement, we could be medically underwritten. So if we have existing health issues, uh, that might work against us. So we always advocate for buying the most robust plan we can within our budget. So many times that'll mean uh, looking at a uh, supplemental plan to help cover the gaps between A, B, and then adding on a good drug plan. And this is something you don't want to skimp on because, you know, you're going to probably need more health care the more you age. Absolutely. You know, our retirement years are typically when we need the most health care, right? Although I sound awful today, and, feel, <laughs> and it seems like I need a lot of health care today. Uh, for most folks, we are, we tend to go to the doctor more as we age, right? We have some conditions that tend to get worse over time. Um, I know thinking of my dad, he's going in for a second knee replacement here uh, mm. shortly. And uh, those are expensive things, right? If you have really good coverage where it's less money out of pocket, that's worth paying for on a monthly basis. Now, if he had waited and said, well, I'm going to do my knee surgery next year. So let me switch my plan now. 
they might already take a look and say, hey, it's been recommended that you have a knee surgery. We are going to raise the prices up uh, within the plan. So okay. I'm making an educated decision when you first go on to Medicare. Uh, that can help you quite a bit. All right. And then with your drug plan, your Part D, we advocate jumping in and taking a look at your prescriptions every year to make sure that your plan is the best one for you. So each drug plan can treat prescriptions different. So if we run through that list each and every year, we could see which one is the cheapest for you. And there's great tools even on like medicare.gov. You can go in, plug all your prescriptions in, and it'll tell you what is your out-of-pocket cost, including the plan premium, and also any cost of your prescriptions throughout the year. So your your cost of those prescriptions, which can sometimes be extremely expensive for retirees, becomes a little bit more predictable. So what a lot of people seem to forget about is Social Security is actually taxed, right? So we need to keep in mind how to file that and optimize it, right? Uh, so Wendy, Social Security is taxed at different levels based on your income. So if you're filed, if you're married filing joint and you earn between 32,000 and 44,000 outside of your social security benefits, up to 50% of your benefits could be taxed at whatever tax bracket you're falling into. Anything above that $44,000, 85% of your benefits might be taxable. So if you have no other income other than social security, it would be tax-free. No. Oh. See, I did not know that. See, you learn something new every day, right, Wendy? Well, especially from you. I mean, now, come on. So what's next? I think in terms of Social Security, taxation is one piece of it. But we also want to optimize. We want to make sure we're getting the most out of our benefits. So many times we'll hear defer Social Security till age 70, uh, which could be the right answer if you live a long time. And that... That normal break-even period is about age 83. So if you wait till age 70 to take Social Security, you got to live till age 83 for that to be the best decision. At that point, then you've collected more money. Well, sometimes meeting with folks, we encourage them to take it a little bit early. Maybe all of their relatives have never lived past age 80, and they're planning on doing some big trips early on in retirement. So it might make sense to take that money a little bit earlier. Also, Social Security benefits are not inheritable to your kids. They're not going to get a residual benefit if you wait till age 70 and then uh, pass away three years later. They won't get any extra money for that. So sometimes it makes sense to take Social Security early. But going through that with a financial professional can help you look at the pros and cons of deferring it or taking it early. So it'd be helpful if we knew what age we were going to pass away at. Yeah, if you know that, I can do some real perfect planning for you. All right. And while you're at it, go ahead and predict the stock market for us. <laughs> and uh, we got this all buttoned up. That'll be one step or two steps, two steps to a successful retirement. Yes, exactly. Um, so what about when, you know, you're married and talking about spousal Social Security? Yeah, so spousal benefits is a common question we get as well. Um, for Yana and I, we both have worked, and uh, by the time we retire, we'll have enough earned credits that we'll both qualify for Social Security. Typically, if you're choosing to defer, 
it would make sense to defer the higher of the two earners. So let's say Yana's earned more money than I have. We will we would be deferring her payment till age 70 and taking mine sooner. That way we'd get some cash flow from Social Security in retirement, but still be able to lock in the higher of the two payments over the long term. Now, in that scenario, if Yana had predeceased me, I would be able to keep the higher of the two payments, i.e. her payment in this scenario, uh, for as long as I'm alive. So for married couples, sometimes it makes sense to defer there as well, um, to lock in that higher benefit for a surviving spouse. If maybe you had a non-working spouse. So if I was a stay-at-home dad, Wendy, and Yana worked and earned income, and I never uh, worked long enough to qualify for Social Security, I would be eligible for a spousal benefit, which is half of her full retirement age benefit. So, you know, many times folks don't realize that. They say, oh, I never worked. I, I don't get Social Security. But sure enough, you are eligible for a benefit still. Nice. I like that. So um, when you know when you are going to pass away, and you also talk to, you know, know about the the market and stocks and all of that, uh, investment planning really is part of this, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the real world, Wendy, we would say our fifth one is investment planning. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. We do need to intelligently think through an asset allocation and adjust our portfolio to balance growth and risk over time. So, you know, typically people uh, view uh, the closer you get to retirement, the more conservative you should be. I would say that's true. But if you retire at age 65 and all your families lived until their late 90s, you still have a long time. So we still need some growth assets there as well. Typically, when we're planning with clients, we want to make sure they have about six to 10 years set aside in what we call their income bucket, where we can draw on that money for a six to 10 year time period to cover income without taking the big fluctuations of the market. When we think of times like 2022, when both stocks and bonds were down, if you were relying on those bonds to be your only income source during that time period, well, you might feel a little panicked, right? So having an income bucket of stable assets for six to 10 years eliminates that, that risk of panic during market volatility, but still, still allows us to stay invested for the long term so that we can help replace that income bucket in six to 10 years down the line as well. That's the plan. Yep. And uh, when we think of investment planning, too, we also want to factor in things like your required minimum distribution. Pete and I were recently at a conference, and the one guy at the conference was saying, stop saying things like RMDs or required minimum distributions. No one knows what that means. Like, unless they're in the industry or they study this, no one knows what that means. So let me rephrase that, Wendy. When the government tells you you have to take money out of your retirement plans, right? Yeah, so that occurs. they from... want their taxes. That's exactly it. You got to put the money away, tax deferred. Now in retirement, they want you to take it out. For most folks that haven't started those distributions yet, they start at age 73. But we don't want to be so aggressive with our portfolio that we're forced to withdraw that money out when the market's down, right? So we need to allocate a certain amount that we can take out to be covering those RMDs. Okay. So legacy planning? Yeah. Next up, we have legacy planning. And, uh, you know, overall, there's a lot to consider there based on your individual needs. But I'd say 
at the most basic level, uh, just making sure that you have beneficiary designations. Many times we'll meet with clients and they haven't updated their beneficiaries in a very long time. Now there's all kinds of um, you know stories you can read online about folks that got divorced maybe 30 years ago and never updated the beneficiary on their 401k where they worked for like 40 years and then they died two days before retirement and oh. the ex-spouse got all the money, right? And um, the, the current spouse is very angry. S-O-L. Yep. And, and that's it. <laughs> Even if they had put a will or a trust or something else in place, that beneficiary designation would direct where the money goes. So we want to be extra careful there that we look at these things periodically. After beneficiary designations, I had mentioned wills, trusts, updating those documents periodically can be helpful. Typically, we want to update those when we have a major life transition or significant additions to the family. So for many people we meet with, maybe they had last done their wills when their kids were young, and now they have grandkids. So let's make sure that we're directing assets in the way we want and make sure that we can get things most efficiently to our kids. Just like we talked about state taxation earlier, Wendy, we want to know our state's rules and make sure that we're directing assets in the most advantageous way. Okay. And does charity factor into this at all? Charity always factors in. So, you know, if we think about... Uh, maybe we're we're a very passionate member of the church, or we have many clients that love animal friends in Pittsburgh. If we decide that we want to designate a certain amount of money to these causes, we can put that charitable entity as a beneficiary on the policy, or we could direct it there. This is a way to also help minimize taxes. So this can be a tax advantageous decision for us as well. That was a big word for a guy with a winter cold. I'm trying, Wendy. I'm trying. <laughs> I don't want you to be erroneous in the way yeah, that you yeah. mouth this. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. All right. I'm here to help. Um, and finally, uh, we have purpose-driven decision. Yeah. So uh, our seventh and last uh, step here to a successful retirement is purpose-driven decision. So it's important to take time that you redefine your identity close to retirement. So we see it very commonly with men that leading up to retirement, they found all of their identity in their occupation. And now that they're leaving this occupation, they're, they're losing that identity, right? So we want to be retiring to something, not retiring from something, right? We want to yeah. have something that we're doing next. Even if that means like if you're super into golfing, golfing all the time, right? Or volunteering or maybe developing a new hobby. We need to think through that before we retire, not retire, be stuck at home, watch the news too much, become depressed, and then try to fix it. Right. right? So this is a, a key piece that's often overlooked. I know we've talked about it several times, but it is extremely important. You know, I think the easy thing is think about what brings you joy in life, right? So it's not it's not necessarily like, oh, I love watching a good movie. Maybe it is being engaged in the local theater, right? So volunteering to help there. Now, typically in retirement, you have a little bit more free time. So you can allocate time to things like volunteering or helping things in the community that you're passionate about. 
All right. So it's all about figuring out what the next step is. That's right. That's right. Just figuring it out, you know, thinking through uh, what you might like to do in that next chapter of life. Okay. So effective retirement planning, it's like not just like one or two steps. It's a whole thing. Well, well, no, Wendy, I'll take it back now. If you can predict the market and when you're going to die, we can make it really easy. Oh, okay. But if we can't do that, then what? For most folks, we want to have a long and happy retirement. So we do want to take the time to properly prepare for it. If you've worked 30 years saving money looking forward to retiring, it shouldn't be a two-second decision on when you're doing things. We need to be prepared. So it is a multifaceted process that balances financial security with personal fulfillment. We need to be careful of things like taxes, healthcare needs, income strategies, but also your personal goals. So meeting with a financial advisor, also probably consulting with a tax professional, maybe a healthcare consultant, or maybe even an attorney might be necessary to set all these steps up properly. Okay. Sounds like a lot of people, but you are one of the most important ones. I would say what tends to happen is if you're meeting with a financial professional, they can recommend other professionals as necessary. So many times we see ourselves more like a quarterback where we're able to help direct and call the plays for our clients. Man, I didn't know when I put this Eagle sweatshirt on today, I was going to take so much of a beating. Oh, oh, we were going to get into football. (laughs) I mean, I'm still support. I mean, it's a great sweatshirt. How cool is this? It's a fantastic sweatshirt. So (laughs) if you're only listening, I don't know. Is it fair to call them like rhinestones? No, they're like little bullets. Okay, little yeah, bullets, like um, little black sweater. Beads so. and yeah, I'm I'm like all rough and tough and looking fabulous. It's yeah, yeah. It's a gritty. It's a gritty. <laughs> well, oh, that's a that's a whole other Philly. That's thing, a mascot though. for Philly. That's a, yeah, that's a whole other Philly thing. <laughs> uh, okay, Josh. So if people have questions and want to get in touch with you, how did they go about doing that? Yeah, they can shoot me an email at jleonard at leonardadvisorygroup.com. Uh, They can give our office a call at 412-998-PLAN and check us out online at leonardadvisorygroup.com. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.